We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Good morning, 49ers fans. Victory Monday podcast, the most memorable regular season game in the last 10 seasons plus for the San Francisco 49ers. 48-46, last second victory. Robbie Gold booted it through the uprights. George Kittle carried the team on his back in the most critical moment of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo had his best game of his entire career. Kyle Shanahan pulling out any and every stop to make sure the 49ers win this game. Striking goal listeners, what's up? I'm Kevin Jones. Welcome if you're new. You're going to get 49ers analysis we're going to predict some things that may happen. All of a sudden, this season, to me, feels like the Warriors' first season when they won a title. It feels almost a little bit like my Washington Nationals who won this past year. No one predicted those teams to rise up, and no one saw it coming. The 49ers feel like that team this year, where there's so much momentum. They have jumped from the fifth seed in the NFC to now the number one seed and they control their own destiny. If they went out, the NFC will be going through Levi stadium. This is reality. Pinch yourself 49ers fans after coming to this podcast for years where we just talked about how bad the team was. This is the best team in the NFC with three weeks remaining and Seattle lost. So the 49ers are still going to have to win that game likely, but if Seattle messes up and loses to either Carolina or the Cardinals before their week 17 showdown, 
the 49ers win their next two, 49ers might be able to rest a little bit. They're, they're not going to have to freak out. Now, it's likely the Seahawks are going to win these two games. 49ers could theoretically lose to the Falcons or the Rams who they have coming up. Those are inferior opponents, but weird things happen in December. Don't count this as chalk yet. Incredible game against the Saints. Let's recap the entire thing. I mean, when your quarterback throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, good things normally happen. And Jimmy G, the big question that we've asked all year long on this podcast, when the going got tough for the defense, could Jimmy G win games for the 49ers? He literally won the biggest game of the season. When you think about it, they lost this game. 49ers definitely become a wild card team now, have to go to Dallas or Philly in the first round, and then have to return to New Orleans, have to return to Seattle in the playoffs, maybe Green Bay. Their road to a Super Bowl was going to be immensely tough if they lost this Saints game. Now they own tiebreakers over the Saints, over the Packers, and they sit one game above the Seahawks at 11-2, Seattle's 10-3. and it, Jimmy Garoppolo, from the very first drive, it was quick hitting darts. It was not play action passing. The 49ers went down 7 nothing early. Then Jimmy G took control, first drive, dart after dart to Emmanuel Sanders. They get in the end zone. Um, second touchdown, I believe, yeah, so 49ers go down 20-7. to Then Jimmy Garoppolo throws, a, what, it's a 75-yard bomb to Emmanuel Sanders, who broke a couple tackles and got into the end zone. Just an unbelievable way to combat the Saints went four for four on touchdowns to start the game <laughs> teams that do that typically win 100% of the time since 2000 teams were 44-0 when that happens I mean just think about the avalanche that is the 49ers defensively were Swiss cheese they couldn't stop Drew Brees this is going to be an issue if they play again in the playoffs I think Sean Payton understands some of the soft spots and Robert Sala's defense Jared Cook was able to expose them with two big touchdowns they were able to screen game um, you know, the 49ers actually really cranked it down in the second half, forced a couple field goals, got the, the football back on a fumble that really kind of turned the tide. But yeah, I mean, this game to me, one, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, two, it's, it's George Kittle. So I mean, we, we can fast forward here to the fourth quarter now, and it is the Saints 46-45. Drew Brees just came all the way down the field methodically. And the 49ers had just played an excellent game and controlled the second half and looked like they were probably going to lose again another heartbreaker to the Ravens and to the Seahawks. It's just like, oh, this team is so close. They're just not there yet. They completely flipped the narrative on its head. Fourth and two, George Kittle makes an unbelievable play after the catch. No tight end in football and very few receivers are able to do what George Kittle can do. Carrying Saints defenders on his back and getting the face mask penalty on top of that fighting through so much noise there down the left sideline that's going to be an image that you're not going to forget for a long time as a 49ers fan especially since it was fourth down so Jimmy G was aided by a couple you know big plays after the catch none bigger than George Kittle Garoppolo fires it is caught still on his feet is Kittle with a big play and the stiff arm George Kittle flags I brought this up on 95.7 The Game. It was with Sam and Andy last night. George Kittle, to me, reminds me of Draymond Green for the 49ers. He is that energy catalyst, and he's not an a-hole, and he's not going to really stir the pot in a negative way to get the team riled up, but his energy and what he's brought to this locker room beyond just big plays has been a catalyst for the 49ers and their turnaround. 
George Kittle is a fifth round pick. He started working out at the same time every day. He started eating the same stuff, very healthy diet. He changed his body. He proved to Kyle Shanahan with an opportunity what he can do. And now you have people like Emmanuel Mosley and Matt Breida and other people that look at George Kittle and saying, look at what I can become. It is tremendous for an organization to find a star in the late rounds because it it breeds the belief that when you get on this roster, you can become a superstar player if given the right opportunity. So George Kittle took advantage of that. He's the rah-rah guy in the locker room where Jimmy Garoppolo's not. Jimmy G doesn't have to be. And so I love the yin and yang. And we have to shout out Kyle. My favorite play of the day was Juszczyk. I think it was third and short or second and short. It was a it was a handoff to Juszczyk and then a pitch to Raheem Mostert. Triple option, Georgia Tech Navy style. Absolutely love the trickery. Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass. This was literally the craziest NFL game of the season and definitely the craziest 49ers game I can remember since ever watching the team. Um, you know, reminiscent of the playoff game with Alex Smith against the Saints. These two organizations match up really well against each other. I'm not going to just shit can the defense right now because they were resilient in the second half. Nick Bosa made three or four big plays that ended up mattering, getting the, the Saints off the field. They have some problems, though. They have some weaknesses here. Richard Sherman went out. D. Ford went out. K1 Williams at the end of the game had a concussion. They're going to be dealing with some injuries. You know, the Falcons game, this could be a much lighter defense. Let's get some guys healthy and could put a little pressure since Atlanta has been playing better. But overall, the defense to me is resilient. They're not the best unit in the league, even though a bunch of stats tell you that. I think they they racked up a lot of those stats against some inferior opponents. But I mean, they are freaking good. Fred Warner made a couple plays in coverage. Akilla Witherspoon could have ended the game early with that interception. He really should have had his hands on that ball. He did have two key third down stops. How about the fake punt the Saints ran? This game has more news and nuggets coming out of it than any game I can remember. It was hard to keep track of. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the 49ers. We are wrapping hot striking gold podcast 49ers 11 and 2 driver's seat for the number one seed if they could win out. I don't see them losing to the Falcons or Rams, but it is possible. It is possible. This team has so much confidence right now. Let's play Kyle in the locker room. Charlie's got it queued up. This is what Kyle had to say. And they're, they're playing again for, for Tony York, Jed's brother, um, lost his life to some, some mental health issues. So here's Kyle in the locker room. Guys, I'm so proud of you guys and so pumped we can be a part of this team. Because every game has been different. All right, I feel like we've been through every type of game this year possible. Uh, we haven't. All right, we got a different type of game today. Right, guys, whatever happened, man, you guys rise to the challenge and got it done. All right, I don't care how we do it, man. You guys found a way. Right, we I, we talked about it yesterday. This was a special day. All right, for a number of reasons. All right, we knew how important this game was, all right, but we also knew how important this was to our team. All right, and to the Yorks. All right, they had heavy, heavy hearts today, man. All right, we know what we've been through for the last year. All right, and I promise you. All right, Doc. All right, Jed. I promise you he's down watching today, man. And I, I know there's five, there's five of you guys, man, but five game balls here. It's for Jenna, Mara, all right, Jed, all right, Denise and Dot here, and Dr. York. But we love you guys and we appreciate you. Guys, guys we talk about everywhere being family, and you say it in a lot of teams, man. Um, but as we've known all year, it's different here. All right, and it starts with these guys. I mean, you guys know when we come in, whether we win or lose. I mean, they, they can't tell you how much they worry about you guys and support you guys. Huh? Appreciate you a ton, man. All right, be smart. We earned it, guys. All right. I think what's big about this team, and shout out to Mike from Brooklyn, because he was at an airport 
with Mike McGlinchey's dad, Mike from Brooklyn, longtime listener of the KJ pod, shot me a note and said, hey, I met with McGlinchey's dad at an airport. And Mike McGlinchey's dad just talked about how much Mike loves this football team and Kyle and how there's a family and bond atmosphere that's been created that's unlike any other. They've been around and you can kind of feel it and see it in the results now. Kyle literally has this building playing for each other. He's created characters in the building like George Kittle where, you know, everyone's bought in. There's no bad apples. And that's exactly what you need as a head coach. Kyle's not only bringing you brilliant play calling, he's helped brought this entire building together. Think about how fractured it was with Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke and Kyle has mended every piece. And now Raheem Mostert, a third string running back, is actually becoming one of the most important players on the team. Kyle has created equal opportunities for the entire roster. So there's no misgivings. There's no grumblings. It's incredible. I love watching this manifest. I brag about it every time. I wrote at KNBR, this is the guy you should hire. This is, you know, before the Falcons were even in the playoffs that year, I saw what Atlanta was doing. I had been up close with Kyle. I saw how he dealt with people first and foremost. And then I saw the plays that he can call. And look at this shit now. Trust the Shanna plan. Bluewirepods.com. Go to our store. Get your Trust the Shanna plan shirt because that one's not going out of style. That's going to be the shirt in San Francisco. I know last week we criticized Kyle a, a ton for some of the play calling. At the end of the day, for him to be able to respond like this, let's not forget New Orleans is one of the toughest places to play in the entire league to go down two touchdowns and a fourth quarter drive. Obviously, the players are making the plays, but Felt like it was one of Kyle's best games ever. There really wasn't any glaring mistakes. There was a couple sacks given up. The Weston Richburg injury is going to be humongous. I don't know if Ben Garland can be the starting center of a Super Bowl team and that the run game may not operate as well and Jimmy G may be under more pressure. That injury is going to be huge, a lot bigger than I think some of the ones defensively. I think those guys are going to be able to make it back. Looks like Richburg's timetable is going to be at least six weeks. I don't know what the official number is, but anytime a cart comes out, you're not typically back within a month. And you're talking about missing the rest of the season here. And he's had a great comeback season. I heard an interview with him in the locker room talking about how he was a high-priced guy. He came in and didn't play well. He was really proving himself this year. So that one's tough. Think about Quan Alexander. Brita finally came back today. He's been nicked. Up for a while. Joe Staley finally came back. Jaquaski tarts out. Picture if you're an NFL team, it's the Revolutionary War and it's the Brits in the red coats and America in the blue coats. You're literally standing and shooting each other and people just fall down and whoever makes it to the end wins. An NFL season is that way in a sense where automatically some of your guys are going down. Which ones are they? And if it can have a secondary impact. Weston Richburg's absence could impact the run game, which could impact Kyle's play calling, which now puts more pressure on Jimmy G to potentially do this again. I think the, you know, the biggest thing, and I want to keep reiterating it, is Jimmy G proved to us that he can win games by himself. He pretty much did that. The defense gave him no love. They got one turnover, but they got smacked from the very beginning. And they even gave up a touchdown at the very end, too. So Jimmy G had to do this really with his hand, one hand tied behind his back. This was no easy feat. I'm not sure what other quarterback down 20 to seven in New Orleans or needing a field goal with 53 seconds left. 
you're going to have less than 10 of them. I want to bring up a tweet from my boy, Nick Wagner. He's got some of Jimmy G's stats here. So there's three games left in the season. Jimmy G's completion percentage, 69.5, fifth in the NFL. Passing yards, 3245, 3245. That's 12th. Remember, this team was running the football for like two thirds of the season, every play. Yards per attempt, 8.2. That's sixth in the NFL. 25 touchdown passes, fourth in the NFL. 103.9 passer rating, that's eighth. And then he has 49 completions of 20 plus yards, that's sixth in the NFL. He's not below 15th in any category. He's played less than three full seasons in the NFL. He, you know, besides the ACL, he has some wear and tear on him, but my God, Jimmy Garoppolo, it was fun to watch him Sunday do this to the Saints. I think this is the first of many chapters he's about to write. The window looks wide open right now in San Francisco. I I couldn't be more pumped to be talking about this football team. I hope you're wearing SF gear to work today. If you have to dress up, maybe get a pin or something. Rep this squad. It is fun when your NFL team is doing fun things. My my Redskins fans, my Browns fans that I, I'm friends with, all sending me messages. How fun is it getting to watch this team every Sunday? Um, yeah, so I think coming up against Atlanta, Dan Quinn trying to save his job, 49ers trying to get healthy, but they're coming back home after possibly the the toughest five game stripes. It, it feels like the 49ers just played a like mini playoff thing and they came out victorious and they're still the best team in the league after going through the gauntlet. That's why the confidence is really high here. It's because the level of competition the last five weeks is as tough as anyone's had in five weeks in the league this season. 49ers were in the AFC. They could be the number one seed as well there too. You're talking about Super Bowl windows open this season. You don't know who's going to be hurt next year. You don't know some of your older players. You're going to pray that you keep Buckner, Kittle, Armstead, everyone together. You know that's unlikely to happen, to keep everyone together for a long time. Football teams change. The core remains intact. But I said it at the beginning. It feels like the Warriors' first year, 14-15. The Nats this year in 19. No one would have predicted at the beginning of the year this is the team to win the Super Bowl. But as things keep happening on the field and we keep seeing this team rise up to every challenge that they face, it feels like they, they could be the last team standing. Everyone's going to prefer to play the Patriots. I'm a little nervous about Belichick, especially after what he did to Sean McVay, and he's already played Kyle in a Super Bowl. I don't think anyone's going to want to play Baltimore, and it could be Kansas City out of the AFC. You're looking at ahead to the Super Bowl matchups right now of the Striking Gold podcast. We used to look at who's going to be the number one pick for this team, Who's getting fired in the offseason? Now it's, are we all going to Miami as a Striking Gold podcast together? Are we doing tailgates from the Super Bowl and podcasts down there? I, Why not? Why not? It's the Roaring Twenties. It's about to be 2020. Let's all go to Miami together if they make it. Um, yeah, I've definitely become supportive of this football team, and it's been fun to deliver you this pod. Let's hear from our sponsor real quick, and we're going to do a lot more analysis coming back up after this. Talking about erectile dysfunction, it can be very challenging. People try and brush it off, say things like, oh, I lost my mojo. People try and avoid it altogether. Guess what? It doesn't have to be that hard anymore. With Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real doctor. Roman.com slash blue wire. You'll get a free online visit, 
free two-day shipping when the doctor writes you a prescription. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Roman.com slash BlueWire. Complete the online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete your online visit today. BlueWire is the promo code. That's Roman.com slash BlueWire. Dude, don't suffer anymore. This is all good, man. And, you know... We're creating a dialogue to talk about it. Roman sponsoring some big things like baseball, cool up and coming brands. So check out roman.com slash blue wire. If you're experiencing any ED. Welcome back. Statement win for the 49ers. I got people calling me, telling me this is their favorite San Francisco 49ers team since like the Bill Walsh era, since Joe Montana, that Kittle and Garoppolo and Bosa and Buckner and Sherman This is shaping up to be one of the all-time 49ers teams. How far can they go in the playoffs? Is Levi's really going to be a difficult place to play? Like New Orleans has become. Like Seattle is. Like Lambeau is. 49ers fans are going to get their moment to rise up, potentially. Oh, man. So, I mean, Seattle, let's say everything goes down to it. And it's winner-take-all, flex to Sunday night, 49ers at the Seahawks who people both agree are pretty much the two best teams in the NFC. One's going to be a wild card who loses. The winner's going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I can't think of a more dramatic week 17 setup. You're talking Russell Wilson could have the MVP trophy on the line. I'm probably leaning Lamar there now. And who cares about the MVP when, when the actual Super Bowl could be at stake here. I don't think the 49ers this season are ready to be go from wild card to Super Bowl. But they proved me wrong the entire time. They proved everyone wrong. So it would be part of their story to beat the Cowboys or Dallas and then you know go in the second round, then go the NFC Championship game. It, it just creates such a massive challenge when they've already had so many this year. You're talking about more people probably getting hurt and just the mental toll of everything. Hey, I would love to pull up this clip again. We can pull up when I said, don't re-sign Armstead. So I've been Nostradamus in the past. I've definitely predicted things correctly. The Solly T being a bust, but shout out to him. He was definitely on the field. He actually had a sack. I got called back from a penalty. Um, Yeah, I I think this team is obviously, like any team, is going to be set up better having the first round bye and home field advantage. It's just too tough to win on the road in the NFL. Home field advantage has become a thing in the playoffs. I don't have the analytics or anything pulled up right now, but... You know, it, it can happen. It's preferred to happen in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, the friendly confines. And um, Seattle, I think someone's pointed this out before too, but feels like the 49ers match up worse against quarterbacks who scramble. Even though Drew Brees had his way, the Saints put up 46 points. It felt like, you know, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson were able to really hone in and have fantastic games against the 49ers defense. There is no particular strategy to beating Russell Wilson besides no turnovers on offense and like just outscoring them. If you make any mistakes with turnovers, Seattle will kill you. So we are looking ahead a couple weeks now, but you're talking about potential humongous swing game for who wins the Super Bowl in the regular season. This has honestly been an amazing NFL regular season as we talk about the NBA and the ratings down. I've particularly enjoyed this. 
you do have like so many teams who are like four and eight, five and nine, the Broncos, Chargers, Jaguars. So like some of the red zone has sucked, but a lot of the teams at the top are, this is a top heavy year and the top heavy teams have been fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, I think the defense will be okay, but I, I think Robert Sala's phone may cool off for some head coaching opportunities. And I think we can't expect this defense to give up 17 points every week. They're, they're going to give up 28 and 31 in the playoffs. They've got to keep it under 40. I don't know if Jimmy G can score 40 in the playoffs. Can't cut out Kyle, can't cut out Jimmy G on anything. But this defense has some adjustments to make. Marcel Harris didn't look that great as a replacement for Tart. Jimmy Ward had a couple big lapses there. He was like running away from Michael Thomas at one point. Buckner has been kind of quiet, and so has Armstead through this last, like, ever since the Packers game happened, the last couple games. Other than that, yeah, I mean, they got beat over the top by the tight end, Jared Cook. That's going to have to be an issue that they correct. Obviously, teams are going to watch film and see this. Jimmy Ward definitely didn't have his best game. The good news with Richard Sherman, if he has to miss this week, I feel okay with Mosley and Witherspoon on the field. I don't feel like it's an actual panic situation when I would have at the beginning of the season. Now I feel like both of them are good enough. And I think Mosley still might be a little bit better than Witherspoon. This would be a good game to kind of tell. I'm sure Julio would line up everywhere, but I I feel more comfortable with Mosley on Julio than Witherspoon. And he still did have a pretty good game against the Saints. I mean, all things considered that they were throwing all over the field. Kwan's injury could hurt at nickel. DJ Reed's going to have to slide in there. A lot of moving pieces on defense right now. Luckily, the D-line is mostly healthy outside of D Ford. They've missed him revving up as an engine. You know, I don't know how many games it's going to be that he's missed, but it's felt like at least four. It's felt like the second-round pick is kind of costly for him, but we'll have to see how the season finishes out. Um, he's definitely been great. He has not been amazing, and he's not been terrible, but D Ford's availability is obviously concerning. Yeah, offensively, I like the quick hitting stuff. I thought Jimmy G felt really comfortable. The 49ers have not done a lot of three-step, five-step drop. A lot of the times it's seven off play action. His ability to move in the pocket, his ability to make decisions. The one interception was Emmanuel Sanders' fault. To me, it was a little bit of a bad pass, but they were able to only allow a field goal off of that. And meanwhile, the Saints had a fumble. The 49ers turned that into six. A lot of great plays from check. Debo looked really solid. I, actually, he made a huge mistake jumping out of bounds there when the Saints would have had to burn their last timeout or the clock would have went to the two-minute warning and the 49ers ended up kicking the field goal there, right there in the fourth quarter. Um, so Debo, a couple coachable mistakes that will probably get called out in front of the whole team so he's able to really think more clearly in those situations. It looked like he didn't know what down it was because he wasn't going back off the field. And... Bottom line, the 49ers did a much better job managing the clock there. I think they got the ball back with like five minutes or four minutes and 30 seconds. And they like methodically drove down the field and were able to like, they weren't flashy. Jimmy G had a nice run there. I think it was third and two. And then Debo had a big run that again, did he go out of bounds there? I, so much happened. I'm losing track here. Debo was a difference maker in the game 100%. Kendrick Bourne, we have not given him enough love. Two touchdown catches, three receptions total. He's definitely become a nice little red zone piece. Kyle said last week there's three receivers on our team who have separated themselves. 
Emmanuel Sanders, Debo, and Bourne. Think about this. Dante Pettis, we don't even say his name anymore. Trent Taylor has been out the whole time. Marquise Goodwin was in street clothes. This is Kendrick Bourne has kind of risen up from someone who was on the roster bubble his first few seasons in the league to now two huge touchdown receptions. Him and Jimmy G have a little bit of some chemistry here, especially on those uh, breaking in routes on the middle of the field. So awesome to see him. Yeah, and then Raheem Mostert led the way again. 49ers ran the ball 24 times for 162 yards. They got a 31-yarder from Debo, a 28-yarder from Matt Breida, and then Mostert led the way 10 carries, 69 yards. Latavius Murray had a big day on the other side of the field. He had a nice 18-yarder. Alvin Kamara was held in check, 13 carries, 25 yards. You want to give the defense credit. They don't deserve much, but Alvin Kamara wasn't the one that killed the 49ers. I think the Saints game plan was pretty clear that this was going to be a Drew Brees game, that they weren't even going to mess with it. Brees didn't get sacked. I always thought Aaron Rodgers was the best at not getting sacked and Tom Brady, but I mean, what Brees did against this D-line, and they were back there a lot. He knows how to get rid of the football. To me, Brees has lost a little bit of his fastball. It's really obvious to tell. And you hope next time they play, Akilah Weatherspoon makes that interception. There's a couple that he threw that were a little dicey. Um, How about the fake punt, by the way? It was either late third or early fourth. I want to say it was late third. Taysom Hill back in to punt. Throws a bomb. I'm not sure who the receiver was, but Tarverius Moore guarding it like it's a punt. There's no such thing as pass interference on a fake punt. It puts the defense at too bad of an advantage. And he played that perfectly. He was not distracted. He did not turn his head. I think they must have practiced that. Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator. Really, really solid play. Tarverius Moore had another good tackle on a kickoff return. Everyone contributing. So many people to this pie who are end up mattering when you win 48-46. There's little plays that help. And that was a big one. They convert that fake punt there. They get a bunch of momentum. Saints might go on to win the football game. Yes, Striking Goal Podcast recapping Jimmy Garoppolo is playing out of his mind. He's becoming a better football player as the season progresses. His stats from like week eight on look like a top three quarterback in the league. He's only getting better. I think there's a chance next season he is Matt Ryan and this team can go 14-2 again and he could win the MVP next season. We'll see though. Kyle loves running the football. And I think they'll get more back to that identity next week against Atlanta. But Jimmy G proved to 49ers fans, to himself, to the entire world, if this team needs me and Kyle needs to dial up big plays, the fact that he just did it in New Orleans, it's going to make doing it elsewhere easier. He can visualize it and believe in himself. He's that quiet confidence. You don't want your quarterback in all these commercials and on the cover of GQ. Jimmy G, after his little incident with the porn star, has stayed out of the headlines and on the football field and in the meeting rooms, and it's all coming to fruition. And the biggest thing this season, I said even beyond making the playoffs, was for him to be a franchise quarterback, and without question, he has proved it. I think he's... Proved Kyle that he's capable of even more. I think Kyle early in the season didn't trust him as much. That Tampa Bay game week one was so rickety back and forth. He had some struggles definitely early on. But my God, has he found his stride. They got him Emmanuel Sanders. They developed Debo Samuel. George Kittle is the best non-QB offensive threat in the entire league. O-line has been up and down. But Jimmy G's good at playing on the move. And 
I don't know if Tony Romo could do this in his prime. I've com- been comparing the two stylistically. I think it's very similar. But how about those 49ers? How about those 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, yeah, George Kittle just mentioned it. He's the other big takeaway. You want the ball in his hands with the game on the line. You want him lined up at receiver or they've given him a bunch of pitches before. Those haven't worked out as well. But George Kittle is treated like he's, <laughs> I don't want to say Jerry Rice, but just this all-purpose weapon that you need to get in the football, especially if the game's on the line. Who knew they were going to find a Hall of Famer in the fifth round? What would George Kittle look like on another team? Were people really going to try and make him a blocker, which is what he was in college? Kyle saw the glimpses on film. Kyle can watch something in slow motion and look at someone's movement and tell, okay, they have something. His bet on George Kittle has this team at 11-2. and two. Without George Kittle, this team's record is a lot worse. Maybe 8-5, and five, maybe worse. Think about how much he's moved the chains for this team. He had a touchdown too we didn't even talk about. Dove in the end zone. And he's the Draymond, as I've said, for the 49ers. Kyle bouncing back after last week's Ravens game, which we were probably a little too harsh. But trust the Shanna plan in full effect. He will carry this team very far in the playoffs if given the opportunity. And if the players execute. We saw the two best play callers in the league go at it. Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle triumphed at the very end. And you got to give Kittle props. It wasn't all Kyle there, but I thought he was brilliant. More trick plays than we've ever seen. How about the deep ball called up perfectly when they were down two scores to immediately get the momentum back? They've got to be feeling amazing on the team playing going home. They've got to be sleeping well. Not much to be worrying this team at night. Of course, they want to win, but they're about as good as anyone could have ever anticipated this season. This is what I thought they could look like in year four of Kyle or year five even. I thought there was going to be a, you know, we got to take a couple of steps here. Da, 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 da. Let's see what happens in the playoffs. But you're talking coach of the year, Kyle. Some have said executive of the year, John Lynch. That could happen. Comeback player of the year, Jimmy Garoppolo. George Kittle's not going to win offensive player of the year. Someone else will, but he's going to get some votes. And then Nick Bosa, probably defensive rookie of the year. Josh Jacobs from Oakland will probably win offensive. Unreal, unreal what this football team has done. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy our tweets. Make sure you're following Candlestick Chronicles, Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen. Make sure you tune into Croc and Rob Lauder later in the week. Go 49ers. This is effing unbelievable. 49ers fans marching in the streets in New Orleans. Shout out to Roman. If you're having any erectile dysfunction issues, don't be sad about it. There's there's pills that can help you. It's all good. Like You're a human cares man don't be a tough guy all right this is striking gold i'm kevin jones hope you enjoy this episode 49ers they're heading places their defense will be fine don't worry about things right now 11 and 2 all right peace